Greetings forecasters. It is Saturday, June 26th, currently in the afternoon, where I'm at in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Had some rain move in uh, this morning. Expecting some more storms this afternoon, but that's not really the point of this podcast, so let's move it right along. It's been a little bit over a month since I last uh, put out a podcast. A lot has been going on. Uh, I was sick for a couple of weeks. No, it was not uh, Corona or COVID. Um, Just typical allergies uh, that decided to sit in my chest and make it a little bit difficult to breathe and and talk uh, for extended periods of time. Uh, So I took those two weeks off uh, trying to recover from that. In the meantime, uh, school was also ending trying to get through all of that and get it finished. Uh, And and then, you know, the summer hits and I just kind of took a break. So again, I apologize that it's been more than a month uh, since my last podcast. A lot has gone on in our world uh, since that time. Really looking forward today to, to diving uh, deep into some of the subjects I'm going to talk about today. It is going to be uh, mostly a hodgepodge of things that I am going to talk about today because there is so much going on out there. Uh, there's everything from... Uh, the anniversary, the 100-year anniversary of the Tulsa Race Massacre. Uh, there's Juneteenth becoming a national holiday, which is way past time. Uh, there is also a decision in the Derek Chauvin case, uh, where he was sentenced. Uh, good things and bad things about that sentencing that I will get into uh, here later in the show. Uh, I also went to my first outing in over a year. Went to Nebraska for a Corey Taylor concert. Talk a little bit about that as well and how it feels to actually be getting out in public again uh, after that full year. So, really going to touch on a lot of things going back to uh, the old tried and true uh, conspiracies uh, that I'll talk about for a little bit as well. So, you know, I'm really just going to kind of just go with this and see where my own conversation with myself goes today and i hope you enjoy the ride uh now i will say again because this is the press forecast um starting to get try to get geared up uh for the 2022 midterm election which you know is next november um but hopefully here soon within the next few months we'll actually begin to actually talk about the midterm election and what it actually means. Of course, that does lead right back to Washington, D.C. and what happened in D.C. Uh, this week uh, with a deal between Democrats and Republicans uh, that I'll talk about a little bit later in this episode and why uh, we should be optimistic. Uh, let me rephrase that. We should be cautiously optimistic about the deal that went down. And so, you know, let's, let's take a ride here and uh, see where this goes today. All right. So we'll, we'll start right off the bat, um, with what I was planning on doing way back, uh, at the beginning uh, of June, uh, which was talk about the Tulsa race massacre. Now, of course, uh, because I was dealing with the sickness and the end of school, didn't really get to go that deep into it, uh, but the main thing that I want to talk about having to do with the Tulsa Race Massacre and today's politics is actually CRT, otherwise known as critical race theory. Uh, this is, despite what the critics of CRT want to say, this is not a new theory uh, that's in existence. It didn't just pop up in the last couple of years. No, no. Uh, this actually came about... Uh, during World War II, slightly after um, really examining the history of Germany from uh, the Jewish perspective. Um, but here we are in the United States today talking about critical race theory because certain segment of our population, <clears throat> white, uh, don't want our children being taught any negative aspect of American history. And and there's a good reason for that, because whites come out looking very, very badly uh, with 
the underbelly of American history, and, and in my opinion, rightfully so. I mean, come on, ladies and gentlemen. Th this country, as an English colony and then as an American uh, country itself, held slaves from the 1600s until 1865 uh, or so. Uh, that's almost 300 years that we held another group of people slave. We had them in slavery for almost 300 years. And and yet, here we are in the United States today, and a certain segment of our population, whites, don't want us to talk about it in school. And, and that is completely bonkers to me. Now, as a, as a historian... You know, I know that we have to look at every aspect of history to fully understand what happened in our past. Uh, in, in fact, I am a big believer that history does happen in a cycle. It is uh, cyclical. Uh, something that's happened in the past will eventually happen again. And we study the past to see how it was handled then so we have a better grasp on how to handle it when it does happen. Now, unfortunately, the old adage of those who ignore history are doomed to repeat it uh, is very apt for the human condition at this point in time because we can look at what has happened in our past and not learn a single thing from it. And that kind of goes to why I'm such an ardent supporter of critical race theory is so that we can learn what we did in the past that was absolutely despicable so we don't do it again as Americans. Now, there is always going to be a certain segment of the population, uh, white supremacists, Nazis, racist, you know, lump them all into one group, uh, that will continue to make those mistakes because they're proud of those mistakes. It is their quote-unquote uh, heritage to continue treating uh, anyone that is of color and women as well as second-class citizens, as beneath them, as imperfect. Um, and unfortunately, we have quite a few of those individuals in government today, not only in our state and local governments, but all the way up to Washington, D.C. I'm looking at you, Lauren Boebert. I'm looking at you, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm looking at you, um, Matt Gates. Am I calling them racist? Yeah, I am. And I'm not going to back away from that uh, until they can prove otherwise. And they won't prove otherwise because they believe that is their path to getting reelected. And maybe the way the lines are drawn, they are completely correct. Now, unfortunately, I've gone off on a tangent here and completely lost what I was actually going to be talking about. Uh, so let me kind of rewind myself and get back to that original point. And here's the thing with this. Um, with history, with social studies as a whole, uh, any of you who listen to this who are my age or even older uh, will know that for the longest time, the focus of U.S. history uh, and, 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 and civics was to build better citizens, to understand our government, um, which is a noble goal except for one issue, uh, and, and that is in trying to build better citizens, a lot of our past uh, was completely forgotten or just flat out ignored. And again, the goal of making better citizens is a good goal, but you've got to include everything. If you leave things out, then you're not teaching your children correctly. And that leads to a lot of the issues that we face today. A uh, prime example on this is the Tulsa Race Massacre. Uh, it occurred in 1901, sorry, 1921, 100 years ago. And for the large part of that 100 years, I want to say close to 90 years, n almost nothing was known about this massacre. In fact, they called it a quote-unquote riot, which when you hear the word riot, you, you sometimes automatically go... Uh, to two different sides opposing each other, and, and also just because of just how racist our society is in this country. When you hear the word riot, you almost immediately think of people of color. 
Because let's think about this. Uh, the protests last summer uh, over the George uh, Floyd murder, murder, what the vast majority of what was happened was nothing more than a peaceful protest, but because some bad actors, uh, I'm not pointing fingers at who actually started it, I have my suspicions, and it was not people of color, but some bad actors decided to start destroying things, and it became a riot, and immediately... When most white people think riot, they're going to think people of color. It's how we've, as white people, have been trained. So they called it the Tulsa race riot for a particular reason, and that was to elicit the emotion that it was the people, those the black people, the people of Greenwood's fault that this happened, when in fact it was not. It was the white people of Tulsa, 600 people that were deputized by the city of Tulsa, to go in and completely destroy that community. But that history had long been forgotten. I didn't learn about it until about five years ago. My dad, who was a Tulsa police officer, doesn't remember hearing anything about it as an officer in Tulsa. So they did everything they could to hide it. Uh, but here's the thing, and this is one of the great things about the internet and social media, is those things start coming out they start gaining traction and so they realized in the late 90s early 2000s they couldn't really call it a race right anymore because the facts were getting known and so it did finally get that name changed to the Tulsa race massacre uh and you know critical race theory and the Tulsa race massacre the reason for me that they they tie in so well together it's because of one person, that is the uh, governor of Oklahoma, Oklahoma Gov, uh, Kevin Stitt, who signed a bill into law in Oklahoma banning the teaching of critical race theory. And in doing this, he actually attempted to say, well, the Tulsa Race Massacre isn't covered in this, which can only lead people to, to one or two assumptions. Either he doesn't know how laws work and that he as a governor can't just take a law that he signed in, uh, take a bill that he signed into law and say, well, this isn't counted in that. If it's not in a specific law that teaching of the Tulsa race massacre is excluded, then the governor can't just say that. Or he doesn't really care and he was just trying to get political points, which came more to the forefront when he was, thankfully, thrown off the Tulsa race massacre commission and he went on a, a, a wambulance whining, uh, you know, just rant about being kicked off of it and, and not seeming to really understand why he had been kicked off the commission. So, you know, that, that gets us up to Juneteenth, which I'm going to talk about here in just a few minutes. So something that should have happened a very long time ago uh, to this particular uh, forecasters that Juneteenth has now officially been made a federal holiday. Uh, this should have happened a long time ago, uh, but of course it didn't. And for those that, that aren't uh, quite sure what Juneteenth is, Juneteenth uh, occurs on June 19th every year. This is what is seen almost as uh, black independence. This is when the last slaves in Texas around Galveston actually found out that they had been freed. This is actually took uh, place two years after the Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, not only did they not hear about it then because of the way news traveled at the time, it didn't, especially in the Confederacy. Uh, but, you know, it went two years past the, the proclamation and then also past the end of the Civil War. The Civil War had already been over by the time the news reached the slaves in Texas that they were actually free. So this has become a, a celebration among the black community as when they got their freedom. Of course, there is a lot of hate for some reason around Juneteenth. And to this person, it really boggles the mind that people don't get this. Uh, but it did just become a federal holiday. It went through Congress with little Republican support. 
President Biden did sign it into law. And that need that really tells you everything you need to know about the sides on Juneteenth. Uh, those who recognize Juneteenth as a true holiday, a true remembrance of an actual event, know that this should have been a federal holiday long ago. And this is my attempt to simplify it, to make it a little bit easier for people to understand does not mean I'm correct. I could be completely off base on this. Uh, but this is the way I look at it. This is the way that for me to, to best explain it to someone who doesn't fully understand it and wants to understand it. Uh, for those who don't think that it should be a federal holiday, there's, there's, there's really nothing that you're going to be able to say or do to convince them otherwise. Which is a sad remark on America in the 21st century, but here we are. But the way that I simplify it to, to make it a little bit easier to understand is the United States of America celebrates its Independence Day on July 4th. July 4th is the day that we declared our independence from the United Kingdom, from Britain. And so that's for all Americans. But here's the thing. That does not include African Americans or descendants of the slaves. Yes, they are free to celebrate July 4th. But I'd, I'd, I'd totally get it why they wouldn't see that as Independence Day. Because they didn't gain their independence that day. White men gained their independence that day. So you go to June 19th. Juneteenth when the last of the slaves finally found out that they had indeed be, had been freed from slavery. And that is their Independence Day. Now, the, the naysayers out there will look at this and say, well, why do they need their own Independence Day? No one else gets their own Independence Day. No one else gets their own celebration. I, I just have three words to say to that, especially to the white people in this audience. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo is a, it's not a celebration of Mexican independence, but it is a celebration of a battle that the Mexican military won that against the French that they were not expected to win. And so that became a celebration day for them. And of course, uh, because white people love to do this, white people co-opted that celebration and turned it into a day of getting drunk. <laughs> so, it will not surprise me at all now that Juneteenth is a federal, a recognized federal holiday, that it will start with the businesses trying to co-opt it, and then white people at some point will try to co-opt it. It'll probably be another day of getting drunk for them, to be perfectly honest. Uh, that's that's what's happened with Memorial Day. That's what's happened with Veterans Day. That's what's happened to Labor Day. Um, we, we've lost the, the meaning of those days because white people see it as a day to go out and get drunk. And grill. Which, you know, I can't fault people for wanting to take those days off to do what they want to do. That That's, that's fine. But Juneteenth is a remembrance day. A, a day to remember especially for our, our black brothers and sisters, where they came from in this country. Uh, so I hope we can treat the Juneteenth uh, federal holiday as a true Remembrance Day instead of a day just to go out and get drunk and do something stupid. Um, but it, it, it's... And this actually goes back uh, to my trip to Nebraska to see Corey Taylor, which I'll get to in a separate uh, segment. Uh, but before the concert, uh, me and my the Rocklahoma crew that I'm in, it's a group of four of us who go to Rocklahoma. Uh, this was our first outing together in, in two years. Uh, we went to a bar before the show. And a guy who, who would eventually be thrown out or take himself out. I don't really know the true what happened 
when he finally left. But at one point, uh, he was sitting at a table. I didn't hear it specifically because I was a little further away than uh, one of my friends um, that was a little bit closer. And the, the, the guy quite clearly and loudly say, this is not inward day. He said the actual word, I'm not going to say it. And that's kind of what uh, the black community and, and their allies are fighting right now. That, that, that white people, racist, white supremacists, Nazis, whatever moniker you want to give them. They, they hate the black community so much, even though they will completely co-opt their culture. But they hate the black community so much that even giving them a day to remember when slavery ended is just too much for them. Alright, so my next segment I'm going to go a little bit lighter and uh, switch gears and talk about the Corey Taylor concert uh, that was my first outing in over a year. Stay tuned. So this last week, I, I traveled to Springdale, Arkansas to join up with my brother Will and our friend Trey to take a seven-hour trip to Lincoln, Nebraska and meet up with our friend Mike, the Rocklahoma crew, uh, to go to a, a concert in Lincoln, Nebraska. Now, uh, I used to live in Lincoln, Nebraska. I, I lived there for about four years, and every so often I do get to go back uh, so that that's always cool, but the, the the main reason that we were going to Lincoln, Nebraska was to watch Corey Taylor, uh, who is the lead singer of Slipknot and Stone Sour. Now, this was the, the first time that I'd actually been in public, in a public setting, uh, since last March, so over a year. Uh, also, just happens to be the last time I got my head cut, or hair cut which I did myself when I shaved it, and now I've got a nice, long, flowing locks of brown. Anyways, I'm off, I'm off topic. Uh, but this is the first time that I've been in a public setting in, in over a year. And it was uh, at a theater downtown uh, Lincoln called uh, The Bourbon. And the place was absolutely packed. Uh, full capacity for the show. Um, I am vaccinated, so I felt okay being in there. Uh, but the show was just out of this world. Uh, uh, Corey Taylor uh, may not be the best lead singer there is in the world, but he is one of the best frontmen in music today. Uh, he knows how to play off the audience. He knows how to play to the audience. And, and that just makes the whole experience better. Now... One really cool, interesting thing about the show is when we first got there, we got there late. We got there after the doors opened. We didn't really expect the place to be full, and we didn't expect the line to go around the block as it did. So when we got in, we really didn't have a good place to sit or even stand. So we went through the first act, which was uh, called Cherry Bombs, which is Cherry, or Cherry, Corey Taylor's wife's um, dance uh, group. It was alright, it was interesting, but it went on for an hour, and as my brother Will said uh, in a text to us, I really feel like this could have been taken care of in an email, going back to the old pandemic jokes. Uh, but for their part of the show, a large section of the floor had been cordoned off for them to do uh, rope trips and, 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 and different things from uh, from basically a scaffold, and when they tore it down between the sets, they put in all this new seating, and... Uh, our friend Mike uh, went down there and actually found four seats for us that ended up, I think, fourth row from the stage, which in a small venue, it still, it puts you right up there with the band. Like, you can sit there and wave and, and nod and, and talk with the, the lead guitarist that was right in front of us for the entire show, which is really awesome. Uh, Trey ended up with one of his picks that was sewn out into the crowd. Uh, Will almost ended up with Corey Taylor's water bottle. Um, but it was a little slow on the reaction, and, and plus, I don't think he really wanted a water bottle from Corey Taylor. Um, but the the show uh, was awesome. It was a great experience. Loved every minute of it, the drive up there, the drive back. Um, I'm so super uh, stoked. There's a lot of vestiges right there, I apologize. 
that concerts are back. Uh, I've got another concert coming up, I believe in July, maybe August. Uh, Foo Fighters in Oklahoma City. Uh, and then, of course, Rocklahoma in September. Tickets are already purchased, good to go. Ready to go spend three days with my Rocklahoma crew and the Camp BA- BAF. Uh, and just enjoy some good music. And, of course, people watch. Because one of the great things about Rocklahoma is just the wide variety of people that are in attendance. Almost exclusively white, yes. Uh, but it, that's one of the things I love, why I love going to festivals. is just seeing the different people you're going to see. Um, and then in October, uh, unless something else happens, which... You know, with their age, as possible. Tickets I've been holding on to since before last March. Uh, Kiss uh, on their what they say is their final tour. Uh, but the the Baxter on the Kiss concert is they originally were supposed to play last March. That's ma- uh, March 2019. They canceled on the day of the show. Like I was about to leave school and go directly to the BOK. To, to wait and go in and, and watch a great show and they canceled it their last show or their last tour that they say they're doing it, it's hard to pass up um you know i i've been critical of their last few tours so they you know they've got close to 40 years of music and they only play music from the 70s and very early 80s they don't play anything from what i think is the best kiss album uh, which is Revenge. Um, so I wish their music variety would be a little bit different. I mean, they could do an entire show by themselves without an opening act, and it could be th- easily three hours if they would play all their music. But, again, you know, uh, the the boys, uh, Paul Stanley and Gene, are both in their 70s, so they probably can't do that anyways. Uh, but, you know, I would still like to see a little bit more variety. Uh, but... I'm just really super excited that concerts are back, uh, that I get to start going to concerts again. That's like the one thing outside of politics and teaching, of course, that I absolutely love to do. Uh, even though I'm not a people person, uh, I'm an introvert. I don't like crowds. I can go to a concert and it's anytime I go to a concert, even if I'm with someone, I always feel like I'm just there by myself enjoying music. So Really looking forward to that. Um, glad to be getting back out there, you know. And, and on top of all of this, uh, the mask mandate within Tulsa Public Schools has now been dropped. Uh, I get to go back into the school on Monday for some training, and I get to do it without a mask on. So, you know, slowly but surely, we are getting back there. And this actually kind of leads me into my next topic, uh, which is uh, conspiracies. Uh, so stay tuned. So unfortunately, uh, before I go on to my next topic, uh, there were a few seconds there that were lost when my program decided to just kind of freeze up. Uh, it was about KISS, going to KISS, uh, you know, the number of shows that I've seen them do, um, and, and that it's all the same. Uh, but, you know, I do apologize for those missed seconds. If I can remember exactly what I said, I would repeat it word for word right here, but I don't. So I'm just going to move on to the next topic. So let's uh, dive back into the world of conspiracies. Uh, because, you know, it's just such an easy topic to talk about and 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 for me to openly mock. Uh, I, I try not to. I try not to be that person who mocks other people. Uh, but when it comes to, uh, to conspiracies, it's sometimes hard for me. Um, interesting to note... Uh, is that Q of QAnon has not posted anything since December. You know, we're, we're now seven months without hearing anything from Q. So what his, his, uh, his gullibles ha- have started resorting to do is going back, and I say he, I don't know if it's a he or a they or a she, um, but... What the gullibles of the QAnon have started doing is going back through all the old Q posts and trying to decipher, quote-unquote, more information out of what was released. Uh, I I guess they just can't fathom the idea 
that for the last mm, three years, they were essentially trolled uh, by this person or persons. I, I mean, I, it, it still is amazing to me, you know, four years going now, that these people still believe that there is a basement and a pizza parlor that they're running child sef- uh, sex trafficking out, that Hillary Clinton is running child sex trafficking out of, and the place doesn't have a basement. And, and that really goes to the crux of those who believe in the conspiracies. It, there is nothing that you can tell them to convince them otherwise. And you can almost always tell when someone's about to drop a conspiracy on you. Because they will say something along the lines of, I read this article. Or someone who has a friend who knows someone who has a friend who knows someone who has a friend who's a doctor or sometimes a janitor at a hospital told me this. You know, when they start off with that, with with one of those two options of what they're about to tell you, you can pretty much be guaranteed that what they're about to talk of is nothing more than a conspiracy. Now, there is a saying out there that every conspiracy has a grain of truth in it. That that may very well be true. But that does not make the conspiracy true, or even close to factual. And this this goes this goes kind of hand in hand with anti-vaxxers. Now, uh, full context here from me, uh, you know, if if you want to get a vaccine, get one. If you don't, don't get one. You know, it, it's totally up to you. Just know that if you're not going to get that vaccine, there are certain things that you will not be able to do. So, you know. The, the way I look at it on that is, you know, go with that choice. If you don't want to get a vaccine, cool. That's fine. But then don't claim that you should be able to do everything you were doing before. That's not the way this works. It's not the way it has ever worked. Uh, I've been vaccinated my entire life. I've had no uh, issues with the vaccines I've had. The, the, the main issue with the bulk of anti-vaxxers it's not all of them, but it is the bulk of them. Um, is this started, uh, oddly enough, from celebrities who are, are supposedly uh, progressive, uh, latched on to an article, or sorry, a, 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 a survey. No, that's not right either. I actually had to stop my recording because I could not think of the correct word, and it is a study. They latched onto a study that was done by a British uh, scientist, and at the end of this study, he concluded that there was a direct correlation between getting vaccinated and autism. Now, of course, as a parent, this would scare the bejesus out of me if... If I read that there was a study out there that said that there was direct causation between the two. But here's the thing. Within months, if not even that much time, the study was completely debunked because other scientists who were looking at the study realized that he was basically designing the study around his theory that autism... And vaccines are directly correlated. So he went in already trying to prove his theory. So he designed his experiment around that. And then started touching up numbers to lead him to the conclusion that he wanted to get to. And that's not how scientific studies are supposed to be done. So it was debunked. Um, the study at that point was, was nothing. But you still have anti-vaxxers to this day pointing to that survey as proof that vaccines can cause autism. Even though there have been studies out there now showing that there is no causation. And and this is the thing with the conspiracy crowd, with the the anti-vaxxers. They only need one thing to show them what they want to believe. And that's where that the grain of salt thing comes in. Because they saw a study at some point that proved what they thought, 
No other information that is presented to them will convince them otherwise. So, and, and that goes that goes right into conspiracies as well. If you believe that the government had a part in bringing down the Twin Towers on 9-11, there is no amount of proof out there to disprove that that will prove it to you. If you believe that man never landed on the moon, there is no amount of evidence out there that will prove you prove it to you otherwise. And, and, and here, here's my tip in talking uh, with those particular anti-vaxxers. And again, not everyone who's an anti-vaxxer fits into this category. So I'm just talking about particular anti-vaxxers. Or those who believe in conspiracy theories. This is this is the way, this is my advice on how to talk to them. If they say, you need to read this article. First thing you need to say, are there any other articles to back that up that aren't directly related to it? Because usually what this will lead to is, is either that person just completely giving up on the argument and actually trying to change the subject to something completely different, uh, or they'll go to the more basic uh, response and tell you to do your own research and here's the thing with that at that point you know that they've lost the argument or they're just tired of having the argument because you telling them that what they've seen is not the proof it's not on you to prove it to them if they're saying there is a direct causation between vaccines and autism it is up to them to prove that to you outside of that one study that was done if they're trying to convince you that the government was behind 9-11 the man never landed on the moon that kennedy was shot by more than one person it is up to them to prove it it is not up to you to disprove it because especially when it comes to conspiracies you cannot prove things that aren't true. Let me try that again. You cannot disprove things that are not true. So if, if you're saying to this person, well, here's this and here's this and here's this, that proves what you're saying is not true. And then they come back and they say, the, let's see, I've already interrupted my own argument. If So let me reverse that. If they're saying, Here's this, and here's this, and here's this. But they're all pretty much the same article. They're pretty much the same information. And you say, can you offer me anything else? Can you offer me anything that's been in, in scientific journals? Something that's been released by the government? Something that is out there tangible that is different than what this information is saying, but gets to your same point. And they come back with, no, you need to do that. No, it is not incumbent to you to prove them wrong. It is not incumbent to you to disprove what they're saying. It is, it, the burden of proof is on them. It is not on you. It is not on us. Um, and this is a very long rant, uh, again, just to say, you know, believe what you want to believe. Uh, but if it's out there as a belief, you've got to be prepared to argue it, to back it up with claims. Or, sorry, to back it up with proof. We, and this, this really, this actually kind of floats back uh, to January 6th, which exactly uh, what myself and others said would happen uh, after the failed uh, coup attempt on that date, uh, is that those who supported it, those who backed it, those who thought nothing was wrong with it, are now coming up with all these new conspiracies that it was actually the FBI and CIA that were there that day. Those were not regular people. Uh, they're also saying that the that BLM and the, the fictional uh, Antifa organization was actually behind this, and it was, it was them that were doing it. But, you know, it does not take a lot to dispel those, those uh, lies. When you look at the people that have been arrested to this point, and are able to match them completely with people who were inside the Capitol that day. I, I will say this again. I keep saying it. And I will keep saying it. 
uh, for as long as I need to. January 6th was an insurrection. It was an attempted coup to overthrow the government of the United States because a group of people did not like the way the election went. Now, I do have a, a, a TikTok, and I address this on, on my TikTok page. And, of course, the, the, the loonies came out of the woodwork uh, saying, well, how is this any different than the riots of last uh, of one person said the last four years? I wasn't aware there's been riots going on for the last four years. Uh, one person said for the last year. Again, I wasn't aware of any riots that have been going on for a year. Um, everything that they're alluding to happened over the course of last summer. But there is a direct difference. There is a complete difference in the two. The protests that were occurring last summer were about police brutality and the killing of George Floyd, which I'll touch on in the next segment. And wanting those ways corrected. What happened on January 6th was essentially a bunch of sore losers who did not like the fact that the former guy lost his election and tried to physically overthrow the government to reinstall him as president. There is a vast difference between the two. So trying to do an apples to apples comparison to an to what is really a coconut to apple comparison, the coconut being the attempted coup of the United States, the apple being the protest over police brutality, you, you, you can't make that comparison and and look like you're actually trying to make a valid argument because it just doesn't work. Of course, then I, I, I did have the absolute loons who were saying, if we wanted to take over the government, we would have. Well, no, sorry, bud. You guys tried and you failed. This naturally leads into my next topic, uh, my next segment, which will probably be a little bit shorter, and that is the actual sentencing of uh, Chauvin, the man who killed George Floyd. So Derek Chauvin uh, was sentenced this week to 22 and a half years for the murder of George Floyd. And I, I, I definitely have mixed emotions over the length of the sentence. I don't think it's long enough. I don't think it's justice. Uh, other people say that it is justice or it is the first step in justice. But here's my real issue with this. There is no question that Derek Chauvin killed uh, Mr. Floyd. There, there's no question about this. We watched it on videotape. Or we watched it on film. It's there for everyone to see. You know, there, there have been people convicted of murder with less evidence than the evidence we had for Derek Chauvin. It was murder. He put his knee on that man's throat for eight minutes without lifting up. In fact, in several instances, putting more pressure on his neck. He murdered him. And he's getting 22 and a half years. He'll be eligible for parole in 15. But I, I saw this quote on TikTok again. And it... it the, the quote is finally what just kind of clenched it for me when I was looking at this. Uh, you know, I was happy at first that he got 22 and a half years, but the more I thought about it, the more uneasy I got about it. And then I heard this quote, and it locked it down for me, and how this was not justice uh, for this man that was killed. For George Floyd. That this sentence was not justice for George Floyd or his family. And the quote goes, The system isn't broken. The system is working exactly the way they designed it to work. And what that means, forecasters, is that it was designed, the system that we currently have in place was designed to overly penalize people of color. There are people sitting in jail right now, almost exclusively black, that are serving longer sentences for things to do with drugs than Derek Chauvin is for murdering someone on video. This is not justice. This may have been a step that will that remains to be seen. 
but that sentence was not justice. And you can look at that by looking at his mother, who addressed the judge in the court, not one time mentioning George Floyd by name, not one time mentioning George Floyd's family. All she would say was that Derek Chauvin, who was caught on video killing someone, was innocent of killing that person that we all saw him kill. Stay tuned. So much to talk about today, and I'm just not going to be able to get to everything. I guess that's what happens uh, when, you, when you've taken a month off. Uh, one big announcement I do want to make um, is that I do, I do still plan on doing a live uh, session with the Rocklahoma crew. Uh, I do believe now that is going to happen actually at Rocklahoma, as we briefly discussed it while we were in Lincoln. And uh, our friend Mike, who hosts another show with my brother Will, which is a good show, um, suggested that we do it at Rocklahoma. So that's what's going to happen. Um, but you know, I, I can't, I can't end, I, I can't end my podcast without my lovely Ted Cruz is an idiot segment. I think I've changed the name of this a few times. I think at one point it was a jackass. At one point it was a moron. It's an idiot. It, it all fits. Um, so. He's actually been mostly quiet over the last month. He, he has had his moments. Um, one was on Flag Day when he was saluting the flag, doing the Pledge of Allegiance. And he said, I remember a time when this wasn't controversial. Well, jackass, it's controversial today because of people like you who have put the, the flag, which is a symbol and the Pledge of Allegiance, which is a, ple- a literal pledge of allegiance, above all else. It became controversial because you and your ilk had such a meltdown when Colin Kaepernick took a knee during the playing of the National Anthem to the flag. And here's, here's one of my things with it. it there's several different tangents I can go off on this. Um, but there are religious groups in this country who do not stand at attention to the flag, who do not do the Pledge of Allegiance, who do not sing the national anthem because they feel, due to their religion, that that's putting something above God, which is sacrilege to them. So they don't do it. Yet people like Ted Cruz don't have an issue with that. They only have an issue when a person of color takes a knee to protest police brutality. That's when it becomes a problem. And that's why the flag, the national anthem, the Pledge of Allegiance have become controversial. Because you, Ted Cruz, have made it controversial. There's also the issue of Ted Cruz attacking, I believe, Kamala Harris. While his state is literally frying... Because their power grid is failing again. And he's done absolutely nothing to offer any kind of assistance to Texas, even though he is a senator representing his state in Washington, D.C. He's done absolutely nothing to help. Now, the eastern side of the state's doing okay because they are on a different grid. They're on the, the national grid in eastern Texas. The rest of Texas is on a private grid that this private group can't seem to figure out or isn't going to so they've been making recommendations all summer that if at night that you should pretty much run your thermostat at 78 degrees i've been in an apartment that was set at 78 degrees and i was uncomfortable within two minutes i don't know how how people would be able to do it for 24 hours on end but at the end of the day ted cruz is still a jackass He's, he's still a moron he's still an idiot he still doesn't get it, uh, and he's still playing, still trying to play to the crowd that wouldn't vote for him over Donald freaking Trump. So, I, I guess that's how I'm going to end the show today. Is, is on that that note with Ted Cruz. This this wasn't a perfect show today. It was I, I struggled. It's been a month, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I, I hope to 
get back into the swing of things uh, over the summer. Um, but we'll see. Uh, there's plenty to talk about. I mean, gosh, I didn't even get to the collapse of the high-rise high rise condominium in Florida. Um, that the signs were all there that it, one day it would collapse and they just ignored it. Um, oh, I haven't even talked about the infrastructure deal. So let me end on that note, actually. Do this real quick. Uh, so Biden came out and announced that a deal had been struck with 10 Senate Democrats and 10 Senate Republicans for what I'm calling infrastructure light. Uh, it doesn't have any of the goodies that progressives wanted on it. It doesn't have most of the goodies that most Americans wanted on it. Uh, but he also announced that to get the infrastructure deal through, it's basically going on a two-track uh, tier. There's infrastructure light, which if those 10 Republicans stay true to the word, which there's no reason to believe that they will, I will be shocked more than anyone if those 10 senators stay and vote uh, on infrastructure light. That gets passed, goes to Biden, he signs it. So now those 10 Republicans and the rest of the Republicans, because they love to ban hop, bandwagon hop, uh, can go back to their district and say, hey, this is what I did. Now on the second track, is the larger bill that has most of the goodies that most Americans actually want in it um, that the House will pass and then it will go through reconciliation in the Senate uh, to go to Biden. So if all this plays out the way it sounds like it could play out, that is a huge bill that's, that's two huge bills that are going to Biden to sign. That was like the crux outside of COVID and, and getting vaccinations out there for the American people, that was like his second biggest priority was that was the infrastructure bill. And if he gets that passed just, uh, just over a hundred days at the start of his presidency, the man is golden as far as I'm concerned. So that's all I have, uh, for this, uh, June 26th forecasters, Glad to be back on the air. Look forward to talking more. Uh, again, you can become a patron of mine uh, through my website. Uh, support my cause. Uh, I need to get more listeners. That's one thing for sure. And the only way to get more listeners is to actually do my podcast every week like I've planned. Uh, so let's hoping that I can get back on track. And without any issues next week, I will talk to you next week. Enjoy yourselves.